Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Cohen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm. Uh, I've got the comments for yesterday's SmackDown review up. Of course, yesterday being Wednesday. Yeah. You're getting this on Saturday, folks. Have, have you picked certain comments? No, 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 no. Just uh, you know, just um, just, just trying to find. So this this will be uh, in relation to the uh, Andrade Cien Elmas match where I said it did a really good job of making one. him feel like a credible main eventer to AJ Styles and you because you're a big mm-hmm. negative Nelly who just hates everything uh, mm-hmm. said no it was full of big dumb faces and everyone smelled uh, coming out of it and then yeah. we were going through the comments today and it turns out everyone was mostly in agreement with me and we've uh, even been getting tweets yeah. about how the fact that people are in agreement with me I'm glad you, you talked some nonsense just then because there's a lot of troll accounts obviously who have posted stuff in agreement with you and then upvoted their own post, which is sad. <laughs> but I've got, I've got, I've scrolled down a bit. There's one halfway down the page <laughs> uh, with twelve thumbs up, all legit, I'm sure, from Redfish Bluefish. I'm totally on Ollie's side here. The Almas match was a step up, but there's no way that I personally see him as a main event level yet. One good match with Styles and two all right matches with Sin Cara just doesn't scream main event star to me. And that's that's pretty much the consensus from everyone. <laughs> Uh, there, yeah. So to peel back the curtain, ladies and gentlemen, Ollie said to me just before we came in to record this, so like, how were the comments? Like, did, were there a lot of like agreement uh, over what we said? And I was like, I mean, yeah, everyone was on my side, but everyone was bound to be on my side. I was being positive. That's not always the case. Like, just Roman Reigns <laughs> yeah. is the exception to that rule. Yes. Uh, have you got anything planned for this weekend? Where are you currently? Where people are listening to this? I am currently at my lady partner's surprise birthday present I've got her. Yes, you are. Yeah, have I told you what this is? You haven't. So it's uh, it's my lady partner's 30th birthday on Monday, which means the freaking five days either side of it are filled with festivities. Not going to get a moment to myself. Uh, Zelda's going to have to take a back seat. 
And so tomorrow we're going to Friday, going to a Lido. I can't believe you just dropped your name, dropped your mistress on this show. Did I? Well, you just said Zelda. Zelda. There's... Oh, you mean the game? Right. The sorry. Game. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, and yeah, so tomorrow is making an adultery joke <laughs> on my lady partner's thirtieth scene. Uh, it's a heated pool party at night time. That sounds so cool. Yeah, I'm pretty cool like that. Did I tell you about that advert? that we saw this place for it was like uh food street food as everywhere does now craft beer as everywhere does now and then at the bottom insta friendly inflatables oh no so let's extrapolate that selling point out here i feel a bit ill it's attracting the sort of people who want to go to a place to take photos that make them look good to other people they only see rarely yes Whereas I want to go just to have a good time. Absolutely. As a lot of people often do. Yeah. But no, they are looking for like, a bit like that Aperol Spritz event that you and I went to, which was on. All for the grams. All for the grams. There was no other reason but for the grams. To be fair, though, there's a giant pizza slice inflatable, <clears throat> which I'm going to be all over. Yeah. It's probably going to pop when I get drunk and try and eat it. <laughs> Blind drunk. See this large. Oh, it's the world's biggest pizza. Smash. Yeah. Uh, so that's Friday. And on Saturday, so this is the surprise. There's no way my... Th- yeah, we'll be doing it, so no one's going to find my girlfriend on Twitter and tweet her, this is the surprise. So, uh, The Hunted Experience. No way! Yeah, I got tickets ages ago. It's sold out for a while now. Um, but it's this is uh, a, a thing on Channel 4 over here in the UK, and people are just dumped with like a phone and they've got to evade trackers it's, it's not even that you're essentially just you have your you choose what you take with you some people because like, you don't want to take a phone because people can track that or the police can track that and you're essentially you start in this area and you're off to the race and you have to run and you have to survive for a certain number of days without being caught by these people that are hunting you down using like surveillance techniques and whatnot and then you have to get to a certain point by the end of the few days and you get a big prize sum at the end of it yeah so we don't get a prize sum uh, and it's not for that long. It's just for two hours. But we will be running around London, interacting with various different actors. Oh, that's uh, so yeah, cool, it's going to yeah. be fun. They're going to give us a phone at the start where apparently our, our contact is going to send us clues. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that. And that's pretty badass. Yeah, that's the. So, what about you? Uh, well, uh, currently, the reason I'm not going to be attending your super awesome pool party is because I'm going away for my friend's 30th birthday. Uh, we are, I don't know whereabouts it is. I've got a postcode that I'm going to plug into my sat-nav tomorrow, being Friday, to drive there. Um, it's near Battle, I can tell you that much. Which Battle? Is, which is near Hastings. Um, Battle is a great name. Isn't it just? And we're going uh, on a wine-tasting uh, tour I believe, on the Saturday, which sounds like it's going to be delightful. And then we've got a chef coming in to make us uh, a big old (laughs) load of food. High society Luke over here. Yeah, Married into that. (laughs) That isn't you. It's not me, no. (laughs) Um, That's why I had to buy more shirts last week. From Primark. Yeah, I had to get some chinos. Mm. Um, Oh, speaking of which, I saw a lad today uh, on the tube, and I suddenly thought, that's my style. Oh yeah, did you take a, a sneaky photo? I, d- I couldn't do that. It felt a bit weird to do that. But he was wearing like he was just a really good. He was a really well dressed guy, and I was like, I I can't look this cool. Describe it. Well, he was wearing like these really smart trainers, some like dark green chinos, a red check shirt. Mm. But I think keenly, he was a ginger lad. But he had a really nice haircut, and he had a five o'clock shadow, but a big thick mustache as well. Wow! And it was the I think it was the mustache and the shadow that I thought that just really completes that look. He looks really awesome. So, so like, kind of like Hulk Hogan. 
in NWO heel days. Well, yeah, but he'd like dyed it and all of a sudden it looked looked like nonsense. Um, But I can't grow the five o'clock shadow, which is going to hurt. And I can't really have a proper haircut because of my male pattern baldness. I think it would look, I think if you shave the chin beard and the whole head, but keep the moustache, that'd be a that will be a look. It, it would be a look, all right. That, yeah. that is something it would be a look. But I saw it and I was like, oh, there it is. Because previously, I've been looking at like my style that I might do, you know, where I'm trying to like look a bit smarter, not trying to dress like I was 15, which I'm still doing at the age of 32. Wrestle talk, get better under that umbrella. Exactly. Um, but I realized recently that I can't really do the style that I want to do, which was like nice jeans, nice trainers, sort of plain T-shirts and like really nice shirts over it, sort of open. I can't do that because that's what Laurie dresses. <sighs> He's a stylish man. He's such a stylish man. And he's got a really good selection of hats and he's got a really good beard. He is a he is a style icon. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, I can't really do that now because that's what he... And it would just look like I'm emulating him. Yeah, that's a shame that he... You've only decided this a couple... Of, in fact, it's, it's kind of suspicious that you've only <laughs> decided this three months after Laurie being here what a be, lot. It's because, actually, Laurie's been like that for a long time. Yeah. Um, but it's, I've only just sort of put two and two together that... You love him. Th- that I love him, and I, I love the way that he dresses. <laughs> like Bailey and Sasha Banks, it's taken that long for her to realise. We had some rubbish Friends Therapy segments, and uh, we didn't air. Some weird tag matches. Yep. That, yeah. Yeah, against the Riot Squad, no less. Oh. Yeah, I, I know, mean, right? The signs were there. It's In re- hindsight, though, eh? You I'm... just don't know you're in Sasha Banks, Bailey's feud until... <laughs> Hindsight's always twenty yeah. twenty, mate. Um, I'll give you a little bit of quick correspondence here before we get on. Uh, this is from Harry Iverson. Now, over the weekend... His th- name sounds familiar. He is a guy who interacts with us quite a bit on Twitter. I, I, don't, I think he's a pledgehammer. I mm. can't quite tell. Or I can't quite remember, rather. Um, and so on Saturday, I discovered a Twitter account that was called um, Out of Context Backyard Wrestling. And it was just like gifts and videos from Backyard Wrestling, you know, recorded in the early 2000s and the late 90s. And it just like it brought a lot of nostalgia to me of when I did backyard wrestling when I was an idiot child, an idiot teenager, even when I was at university and we'd like, you know, do it out in our back garden there at our university household and all this sort of stuff. And we had like our own little federation, quote unquote, where we just did like crap matches. And um, and it sort of stirred up a lot of nostalgic memories and I shared a couple of things. I was like, God, this reminds me a lot. My character was essentially I was called the Wild Heart and it was essentially Raven. I was just I was just Raven did the raven pose and everything harry iverson has got in touch um to say hey luke and ollie thought i would get in touch about me and my friend's back garden wrestling promotion saw luke's reactions on twitter with some horrible back wrestling accident and it reminded me of the back garden wrestling me and my friend did we never recorded it but it was watched by a few of our friends every now and then and sometimes we would have more than just two of us wrestling our wrestling promotion was called bjjwf which stood for back garden jump jump wrestling federation so we did not take ourselves too seriously That's pretty cool yeah we had two titles, a world title and extreme division championship, but more so extremely impressive wrestling was just like ECW and stuff. Anyway, it was just me and my friend most of the time, but we would put on a two hour show as a TV taping and three to four hours for pay-per-views. And he's kind of go, talks about like how it, the sort of songs that they used and like he just took his docking station out there to play the tracks for entrances. But they had, there was only, there was only two of them, 15 wrestlers wow. uh, in their promotion. Oh, they, so they cycled through gimmicks. 
Yeah, and they uh, all had unique gimmicks. Uh, and it was a lot of fun flicking between characters and then wrestling as ourselves. Oh, I forgot to mention that Jump Jump came from the fact that it was all done on a 15-foot trampoline I owned in my back garden. Um, sometimes there would be incidents mostly done by myself as I used to do flippy S-word moves. Uh, one was a shooting star press, which I only tried two to three times and never again because I pretty much did a Brock Lesnar and died. Another bad one for myself was I was one of my favourite characters called Alex Black, an undefeated New Zealand rugby player who was a combination of Goldberg, Crimson from TNA, and Rhino. One of his finishes was... One of those is not like the other. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's Goldberg, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of his finishes was a jackhammer-esque move. It was more of a suplex lift into a power slam, which is what a jackhammer yeah. is, really. Um, but one of my friends couldn't get his head rounded, and he was supposed to help me hold him up and rather than just go straight over as a suplex. Some bad communication later, we went to do the move, and he just went over as a suplex, and as I came down twisting my body, he got a boost, something that happens when you land near someone else's head, and he mm. landed and you land on a trampoline. It gives you a bigger bounce and a quicker velocity. So as I was coming down, his knee met my skull as he was on the wrong position and he knocked me out for a whole minute doesn't sound long but I woke up with the biggest headache anyway I thought hey, I would a just... minute to be unconscious that's pretty serious that's very serious anyway I thought I would share this little story about my backyard wrestling career I know I've rambled more than you and Ollie do but I thought you might enjoy this little story if you want to let know more. oh he is a pledgehammer lots of love the bus driver from Newcastle airport and ten dollar pledgehammer just to throw that out there Harry love you bye that's where we know his name from absolutely yes what a guy this man is isn't it just so that is a lesson for you boys and girls backyard wrestling is silly no 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 (laughs) just just avoid the 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 double jump thing where you yep yeah jump jump wrestling or backyard jump jump wrestling is my favorite uh wrestling video did you ever read or as a read did you ever watch those backyard wrestling dvds that they used to release in like the early 2000s no i thought it was made me feel dirty i loved it there was just off random times it would just like cut to a woman who was stripping like yeah. hosing herself down and then ripping off her top and that was like the big uh, money shot I suppose and then it would just cut to more terrible backyard wrestling different but, times but that was one of my that was my first introduction to M-Dog 20 um, who I've, I've as a career that I've actually followed since mm. then because I really like M-Dog 20 I like how Harry said that was my backyard wrestling career yeah that's a nice <laughs> nice way to phrase it so anyway we've got a great we've got a packed show for you today talking about the hulk hogan controversy some might say we're we, gonna lose some subscribers we try to play it very like you know to oh, i don't know what's the best way to play it we try to play it as straight as possible maybe we tried to appreciate all sides of the argument exactly we, di- we didn't want to be those people that were just stick to only look at one side of it like some sort of echo chamber uh and we uh we also talk about some nxt spoilers so if you want to avoid those there's uh there's some timestamps in the podcast description that you can look at which are on every episode thank you very much and we've also got crap giving some mailbags but come on let's get into it well we're already quite scared about approaching such a sensitive and serious topic so bear with us we're going to say stupid stuff i'd also say as well it's almost a silly title because should Hulk Hogan return? I mean, he already has. Yes, but should it have happened? Well, that's it. It's should have rather than should he return because he already yeah. has. Yes. Yeah. Should he have returned in the first place? Not will he return? Because <laughs> yeah. that one's been answered for us. Pretty much. Yeah. Or but this that, one. Or it's a very, very out of date title. Yeah. But uh, the the more moral should Hulk Hogan return to yes, WWE? Exactly. Is uh, is the far more complex. Thing. I don't like just to just to give you just to, just to just d- don't <laughs> in the comments 
Just try and be civil here. I know everyone's got strong opinions on this. Yep. But let's be honest. It's too confusing and morally complex to really come down hard on either side. So just, just, just hear everybody out and don't defend your own position too rapidly. Yes, that's the real key to this is that, you know, feel free to leave your thoughts. But if someone says, I disagree, don't be like, well, you're clearly an idiot. Yeah, because... Yeah, there's going to be. I don't think we're going to find a consensus here, no. or or on the on the channel comments. Absolutely. So here's the background. Hulk Hogan. Well, oh man, this this is a long one. So about you know over a decade ago. It's so funny. So recently, I was uh, I was at a garden party for a friend's birthday, and and someone mentioned it. Then it was like, is Hulk Hogan still wrestling? And I went, Oh no, I tell you what, it was. It was because we were talking about they're doing a. Uh, a film about the Gorka trial with Hulk Hogan. They're doing oh, like a fictionalised yes, version. a fictionalised version of it. So the, the, the Hogan trial. And someone said, oh, what was that? And then I started to talk about the story and I sort of thought, oh, this is a really long story. And also, if you're not within the wrestling bubble, a really weird story. It's fascinating, though, because it really does get to the, the core of what is a wrestling character. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, like to legal, do- there is now a legal precedent set for what you say in character as a wrestling persona and what you say as your real life identity, most perfectly encaptured by arguably my favourite story I've ever had to write. Hulk Hogan has a 12-inch penis. Terry Bollea does not have a 12-inch penis. The man had to admit that under oath. Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. And like, if you, if we're gonna kind of give you a bit of like a, you know, a brief history of this topic. But if you really want to get into this, there's an awesome documentary called Nobody Speak, I believe it's called. Yeah. Uh, and that really dives into it. And you can find it on Netflix. It's on I Netflix. Believe. It's a wonderful documentary. But the the fictionalized movie they're doing is based on that documentary. Mm. And it's it's all about a. Uh, oh, I can't remember the the paper. Is it PayPal's founder, Peter Thiel? Peter Thiel is the guy who sort of funded Hulk Hogan's case against Gorka. Gorka were the people who put the sex tape out there in the in the in the first place and Hulk Hogan sued them but during the whole court case thing these comments were leaked that he made on the sex tape and these are the racist comments that were made so the racist comments were made over a decade ago I believe 2008 I believe it was but they came out as part of this trial that Pete sorry yeah. that Peter Thiel was was funding reportedly allegedly uh to to get back at Gorka because Gorka initially exposed his homosexuality. His, yeah, so, like, really just crazy. Because otherwise, Hulk Hogan, I, I don't think, would have had the money to have fought it in this degree. And that's what the, the documentary kind of focuses on. It. It's these sort of, like, rich people buying up newspapers so they don't print stories about them. Yeah. It's so kind of like the, the destruction of free press. That's how high up this debate's going. So there's no way we can give you a definitive answer here. We're not going to say, like, we have the answers. We're just as confused. We're two idiots. Everyone's confused, really. Anyone who says that they know what Brexit is, is just they, oh, they don't, no don't trust them. Don't trust them. Because Absolutely not. either side of the political spectrum, if someone says on the right, I don't know what Brexit is either, I'm like... Let's have a dialogue, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know. Excuse me. You're who, my friend. Let's have a pint. Who really knows what's going on? Yeah, but the people on either side, right or left, who say, "Yeah, this is Brexit." This is. I'm like, no, you've lost me because you don't know that. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. Uh, let's be honest. I mean, if the people who are actually like 
trying to arrange Brexit don't know what it is, then no one knows what it is. If Danny Dyer is confused <laughs> about Brexit, how can us mere mortals understand the concept? Anyway, we're getting away from from the concept. Jesus, this is tough. So, Hulk Hogan, those comments came out, and that was the big controversy. Uh, understandably so. He said some really quite deplorable things. But the other side of it is like, but like he made those in you know when he didn't think he was being filmed i i I say horrible things all the time uh just to get a laugh i wouldn't like to be held responsible for the i know i know but he did say them so it's well yeah i mean it's it's hogan's defense has always been well they're words that i grew up with that, that that we have always just used so i've never seen the problem using them and now he's he's saying like, but those were wrong words to say. You know, he has been educated. And this is where the other side of the coin comes in. He was wrong to say it. Flip side of that is that, yes, but he is doing charity work and he is educating himself. He's doing X, Y, and Z to realize that what he said was wrong and why it was wrong. And that's why he's been now let back into the fold because of all this charity work. And they're like, he's learned his lesson, X, Y, and Z. Three years, I believe, is like the minimum sentence for racism. So it's fine. He's allowed back into the company now. He's gone around. He's apologized for what he said. Problem with that comes, for I, I feel, is that what Hogan essentially said was, if you're going to say those words, make sure you're not being recorded. And that was sort of what he was apologizing for. Kind of realizing that he doesn't... It, that to me suggested he didn't know what he was apologizing for. And, uh, and Titus O'Neill brought that up in his um, statement about it. So, I mean, I've heard... So, so right. Okay. So that thing happened. WWE cut all ties with Hulk Hogan. This is back in 2015. July 2015, no less. So it's actually to the month. Uh, they remove him from the Hall of Fame. Which doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. It's just a PR move. They took the stuff down from WWE shop. That means something. That's like they actually money, took brother. away money. That that's what speaks to Vince McMahon. But uh, now at Extreme Rules last Sunday before the show, all WWE talent was told to be there for this meeting, even if you weren't booked on the show. And this is this is from James Ellsworth, who recounted the meeting on his Durcast podcast. And <laughs> he's got a podcast. Everyone's got a podcast. I mean, Luke. Got a podcast if we've got days. a podcast, Dang everyone's man. got a podcast. And apparently Triple H comes out, he opens the meeting, he says, uh, it's like you've gotta you've gotta be wary of social media and be careful of stuff because you d- you never know when you're being recorded. So which got- is which is great advice. And Hulk Hogan then comes out and apologizes. And from you know, apologising for genuinely saying stuff, and apparently he also says a bit of, like echoing what Triple H said. I, to to be honest, I see those. I wasn't there at the meeting, but from just hearing these sides of things, you can't. Those, those are not mutually exclusive. Um, it's it's very unfortunate from a narrative perspective that you decide that Triple H reportedly decided to have that talk when it that whole thing should have really been about just making amends. Uh, Ellsworth at least said he felt like the Hulk Hogan's apology was sincere, but this is a man who's lied <laughs> quite a lot. Uh, just to be like, you know, he once claimed to have wrestled 400 days in a year. Uh, Hulk Hogan once claimed that he was going to be the bass player for Metallica um, after Cliff Burton died, but um, he thought it, he, he was the one that turned them down. Um, he had, actually, one of my other favorite ones is that he claimed that a company approached him about releasing a grill, and he said no. And their second choice was George Foreman. 
I uh, worked with someone who interviewed Hogan. Hogan blank-faced said, I, I, I didn't know Bret Hart had a book. You know, it was like, it was, I think the question was about how, what Brett said about Hulk. I can't remember what those comments were. And Hulk Hogan was asked about it. He said, I didn't even know he had a book. Who has a review quote in Bret Hart's book? (laughs) Hulk Hogan. So that's like a sort of Mm. indirect experience I've had with, with Hogan's problems with the truth. Mm. Anyway, so that, that all happens. It's all the work, brother. uh, It sort of kicks off. There's there's a rumor which really has since been discredited. It originally came from Barn Burners podcast with Brad Shepard and John Fisher. I think his name is. I've not heard of him before, but of course Shep- Shepard has broken quite a lot of stuff over the last nine months. And uh, Mark Henry came out and said, "Well, there's a fifty fifty reaction." Brad Shepard says, "Actually, it's more like eighty twenty against, especially amongst the black members of the main roster." And you can see it by like the the tw- it's it's fascinating. For a company that everyone walks on eggshells backstage, so we hear. Maybe not so much the like in the last year, but definitely in, in recent memory. And you never want to talk out against the company. You never want to be seen as going against Vince McMahon because they, they'll just fire you sometimes. And Tyson Neal was suspended for grabbing his arm. Yeah. So, but in the last couple of days, New Day have posted a very lengthy statement, effectively saying. We, we totally get why Hogan's in the Hall of Fame, because he's one of the most famous wrestlers that ever lived, essentially. However, on a personal level, we're just not going to deal with him. Yeah. Which, we, we, you yeah. Know, which heavily implies they're not happy about it. Titus O'Neil has said something very similar, but more in depth of denying the rumour that he stormed out of the meeting. That seems completely false, actually. And Sasha Banks liked Titus's O'Neil's statement. So it kind of it lumps... Uh, them all together and there was also those rumors that uh, titus was liking comments on instagram yes was against uh, it, but we don't, F we, this but we couldn't verify that could we or rather you, well, were, was, you I, were searching for it well it was it was it was on reddit and it was just an image that someone posted it's very hard to like track down who's liked an instagram post so i was just yeah. like just take it with a pinch of salt this is what someone has seen and claims to be true but it could easily be doctored mm-hmm. but you know like looking at the other things uh maybe not yes absolutely so it seems like there's, and I believe Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer radio said today, uh, which is Thursday we're recording this, that, uh, but yeah, a lot of people were unhappy. He was surprised at how many people were unhappy backstage. Mm. I'm sure there'll be more in the Observer, which has been delayed, so we haven't read it yet. No. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the WWE have been waiting three years for this. They've there's There's been so many false starts going back. Like, it was about after a year, wasn't it, that they that all these rumours started to come out. Um, a year and a bit, a year and a bit into the suspension, whatever that was, it was not a suspension. Um, uh, Brooke Hogan told TMZ that Hulk Hogan was coming back for WrestleMania 33, and that was a done deal. She said, um, but that never happened. Hulk Hogan would be around for WrestleMania weekend. Velveteen Dream did his Hulk Hogan cosplay at uh, the last. I think you'll find it was Ricochet. Yeah. No, it was, uh, no, it was King Velveteen Poom. Dream. No, I know, but it was... Oh, uh, and Prince Puma, but it was yeah. a... It was both. <laughs> it was when he's doing the Hulk Hogan ear thing. No, things. it was only Prince Puma that and they were doing. And Hulk Hogan and Velveteen Dream were joshing on Twitter as well. It was only Prince Puma. Uh, uh, so, so, yeah, th- this seems to have been in the plans for a while. Meltzer has said it's just like... It's just a case of waiting on if sponsors are okay with it. Seems like the sponsor... Maybe the sponsors said... 
three years would seems like a good amount of time. So exactly on the third year, he's back. Pretty much, yeah. Since he left, they've been planning for him to, to go, waiting for the day that he can come back into the fold. And Hogan has been saying in interviews himself, it's just like, we're just waiting for the right time. You know, it's it's not a case of uh, if, it's a case of when. Brother. Brother. And that when... HH. <laughs> Much love, HH. And work yourself into a shoot, brother. It's not how Twitter works. <laughs> I don't know. My father-in-law signs off text messages like their emails. Sincerely, well, yeah, be all thank, the best. Thanks, comma, and he'll like yeah. either write dad or his name. So Hulk Hogan signs off all his tweets with HH, mm. just in case you didn't know, because, just because you know it's by him. the profile picture yeah. and the Twitter handle. Uh, so and yeah, the tick. but I mean, uh, here's my stance on this. I'm not saying that my stance is right or wrong. It's just where I sort of fall in. How you feel thing. about it? How I feel about as it as a yeah. white man, as a white, as a straight white male. I him going back into the Hall of Fame is just it's not a thing because the Hall of Fame is not a real thing. It's it's PR nonsense, really. It's not a legit thing. You pointed out Mike Tyson's in there. Well, yeah. He's like, a convicted rapist. Like, exactly. China is not allowed into the Hall of Fame because Triple H is worried that if you Google China, or specifically, if my daughters Google China, they'll they'll see what she did. And I'm like, if you Google Mike Tyson, you'll find out he was a convicted rapist. He's allowed in. If you Google... I mean, if you Googled probably half of the uh, the people who are in the Hall of Fame, they've probably all done something wrong. Yeah, so it's it's quite a motley bunch anyway, amongst, yeah. of course, some, some absolutely superb people. So it's like... Whether he's in the, I guess, I guess, but the the whole thing is, it's the perception, not what Hall of Fame actually is, but the perception of WWE honoring someone like this. Yes, and so him going into the Hall of Fame is, you know, just being reinstated, not an issue. I suppose it depends on what role Hulk Hogan's going to be playing going forward. Is he going to be a company ambassador? Is that going to reflect poorly on the company having someone who was? I mean, and it's not like this was. This, it's not like when Ultimate Warrior was doing all of his homophobic and, and racial slurs yeah. when he was doing his... God, I forgot about that. When he was doing his university tours and the, the awful things that that man a said. A lot worse. So, yeah, a lot worse. And in a much more public forum as mm. well. But those weren't reported on quite as widely as Hulk Hogan's was. And because he's Hulk Hogan, he's you know one of the biggest names, if not the biggest name in wrestling history... That him then being kind of like on the forefront of a company just does it reflect poorly on them to an outsider who'd be like, whoa, yeah, but wasn't that that guy who said all those really bad things on that sex tape? You know, it, so it, I, I would, if it was me, I'd have probably lobbied for him just to go into the Hall of Fame and not really done anything else. But that's perhaps just me. Yeah, I. Although I do believe in second chances. I, I third and fourth, whatever you Totally, totally. I um, yeah, because everyone can change. Like, exactly. I, I'm a very different person than I was this morning. Yeah. I was hungry this morning. Oh, and now I've yeah. I've, I've got a diff- very different composition. I've just eaten. It was delicious. Yours actually, your lunch today smelled terrific. It was really good. It was a curry. It was amazing. It smelled like takeaway curry. It was that good. Uh, so, is it is difficult with Hogan? Where do you stand on? Where do I stand? Um. So, from a viewer, like what I see as interesting programming, remove all the morality aside, I don't really care about Hulk Hogan. That ship has sailed uh, for me personally, and I think his uh, his nostalgia performances—we've seen enough of them. 
Like, I'm not going to be sitting around going, man, they need to bring Hogan back for this feud. Oh, wouldn't a Hogan-Velveteen dream partnership in NXT be good? No, it'd be, it'd be terrible. <laughs> like, it would completely overshadow dream. I saw an amazing uh, comment today. I believe it was from... I, I got sent it as a tweet, but I th- believe the idea came originally from What Culture, which is that Bobby Lashley's going to win the Universal Championship at SummerSlam, and Hogan's going to come out to endorse him. Nice. And that will be, like, the big Hogan <laughs> apology. The big public apology for him. Some of my best champions are, <laughs> are, are Bobby Lashley. Uh, so, like, j- just from a viewer perspective, I don't really care to see him on tv not because i'm offended by him or anything just because like i don't think it will make interesting television he can't add anything to the product yeah yeah uh and and i think adding in would, would actually take away a bit uh i get that he's he's such a huge icon and probably the most recognizable star wrestling star ever globally uh but i just but and and it's so i just keep coming back to this in my head that I could because originally I think I lost sight of what he'd actually said recently in the last couple of years of the well he only said the n-word you know not only you know it's, that is a big deal of course but um then I, I so a lot of people have been reposting the full sp- speech or monologue promo whatever <laughs> he did on that sex tape yeah and reading it, it's like because you said it's the the fact they use the word but I you know people it's, use that word and it's it's not you can use that word. This is so sensitive. Rappers use that word. Is is one way. But Quentin, that, Ta- Quentin Tarantino loves using that exactly. Word. But the the venom behind it. Yeah, like the the in context, that was not like my n word, as Vince McMahon once famously said. It's it's really quite vitriolic and in a, in a nasty, nasty way, which, and I, I get that he this was a private conversation. So I'm I'm also like, well, it shouldn't be out there in the first place, but it is out there. So you can't put the ma- toothpaste back in the yeah, tube. Yeah, so it's 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 an awful thing. Um, but you know, the, if if he can really prove that he's changed, because there's so much just pomp and circumstance and false projected images around Hogan. That's been his his gimmick for ever since he stopped wrestling, really, and jaw in. Like until and, and this was essential. I'm effectively echoing what Titus and you, Dave, said. Like they, as soon as they see something genuine, to convince them that he's changed from what he said back in those in those uh, videos, then maybe they'll reassess their own position. Yeah. But at the moment, I'm I would be very hesitant to take Hogan at his word. I'm sure he's remorseful, but like whether he still feels whether whether he's remorseful because it's come out and he's sad and guilty. Or whether he actually still holds those opinions is, a, is another matter. Yeah. Plus, like, I just don't think it brings anything to the product. Yeah. So, so well, well, that's it. Yeah, a Gorilla Position made this point as well when they were having a discussion about this, and they were talking about how remember that they used to do those in-ring segments where you would get legends out to like just before the Rumble, like, oh, you have all been in Royal Rumbles. Like, what do you think? And you'd have like Michaels and Ric Flair, and Michaels and Ric Flair are two people who can talk normally. They can just, like, if you ask them to say something, they'll just say stuff. But Hogan automatically goes into promo mode. He goes into Hulk Hogan mode. And it doesn't really fit in today's style. He cuts 80s promos, which don't work in 2018. And so, yeah, when people were saying, like, oh, he could be the uh, new SmackDown general manager, I was like, how awful would that be? Week in, week out of him coming out going, like, well, you know something, dude. I'm like, well, it's not 1988 anymore, Hogan. You can't be... You can't, that doesn't work. So, I, for me, he would add absolutely zero to the product. 
Yeah, so it's a, a, a thanks for sticking with us for 20 minutes of, of this topic. It, it is a difficult one, and hopefully we haven't said anything stupid. I don't think we said anything think, too stupid. I think we were okay. We, yeah. we, the line. we gave some opinions. Yeah. Uh, they're not necessarily the right opinions. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. As the title placard that just came up suggests, we are going to talk about some NXT spoilers. So if you don't want to know... How's that going to work for podcast listeners? Well, they good. just hear the ding, ding, ding. Oh, okay. Well, I was about to say I'm going to give people a warning anyway. Okay. Like, we're about to talk about the NXT spoilers they are going to be airing in the lead-up to TakeOver Brooklyn 4. So if you don't want to hear those, skip ahead. There will be timestamps in the podcast description. There will be timestamps on the YouTube description. So just skip ahead to either of one of those if you don't want to hear us talking about it. We're not going to bring it up again in other portions of this episode. So, And you don't want to, you don't want to ruin CM Punk coming back like no. that, that for yourself. And it's a really, really good surprise. Ollie was very kind this morning. He texts me. Oh, so saying, wait, is this now we're in spoiler territory? Not in spoiler territory just yet. So okay. Ollie texts me this morning saying, like, hey, so there's an NXT spoiler in the news today. Do you not want to do it? And I was like, well, I've had a few people on Twitter already tell me anyway. So I already know what it CM is. Punk yes, CM Punk returns. So here it is. Now we're about to talk about spoilers. This is, you've had so much warning now. You cannot. Not eight, seven, six, 
five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> now we're talking spoilers. So there was a big uh, bit of news that came out. It's probably the one of the biggest bits of news in NXT in quite a few months, really. Oh yeah, I'd say this is absolutely massive. It's huge, huge. Keith Lee debuted, and he has a match <laughs> beating uh, beat some enhancement talent. Debuted in a squash match. Exactly. So I mean, the future of NXT is here. Nothing, nothing stellar. Nothing bad either. You just yeah, that's. Solid. It's just, it's the NXT way sometimes. Mm. In fact, I'd argue probably most of the time. The only time I could think it hasn't been that really was um, like Ricochet. Ricochet and EC3, where they were put into that ladder match. Otherwise, it's just like War Raiders, do some squash matches. Oh, the um, we signed too many people last month match. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Five stars, according to Meltzer. Absolutely. Kona Reeves, just do squash matches. Yeah. You know, it's you just go through enhancement talent until you get to a storyline, until they can find a storyline for you. I would say that's. Like I love Triple H's mentality and the the booking of NXT to replicate those territory days where TV was just squash matches to build up guys, build into the big eventual pay per view. But but this is the one bit where I'm a bit like mm, add, add in something else now, please. Yeah, a little bit of salt and pepper yeah. into that, please. But really, the big news is is that we have a new NXT champion. So, on an episode that's going to air next week... Oh, is that next week? Next week, yeah, because they've been advertising it now for the past, sort of, like, three or four weeks. It's going to be Tommaso Ciampa versus Alistair Black for the NXT Championship. During the match, there's a ref bump. Johnny Gargano runs down, and he starts beating up both men. He doesn't attack just Ciampa. He attacks Black as well, because he's on this bit of a rampage at the moment. He's kind of, like... It's going to become unhinged since his loss at, Ch- at Chicago. And he... Uh, through that, Tommaso Ciampa wins and is your new NXT champion. And in the following weeks, he'll come out and he cuts a promo. Alistair Black interrupts him. Gargano again runs out and just starts attacking um, starts attacking Tommaso Ciampa. Alistair Black gives him the black mask. That's going to lead to an Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano match that goes to a no, content, no contest through Tommaso Ciampa interference. And William Regal books the three of them in a triple threat match for the NXT championship at Brooklyn 4, which is in the middle of August. And it's funny as well, because that was actually a lot of people's prediction coming out of Chicago, was that it was going to be the three of them fighting for the championship, but with Alistair remaining champ. So it's, it's really interesting. That is how it played out. And I'm kind of glad that it's almost played out this way, because my reservation behind that idea initially was that, well, Alistair will be the odd man out in that, because that feels like it's still the feud between Gargano and Ciampa. And Alistair actually they're going like, but I'm the champion, though. But now he has a legitimate grievance to be in here as well, because he's going back for his title. It's huge to see the NXT title change hands on a TV episode. It rarely changes hands at takeovers. The last one, I guess, was when Samoa Joe and Nakamura hot potatoed it yes, for the, a few months. Yeah, it did, John. That shows. was two years ago yeah, now. Absolutely. Uh, the, I, I think this is a really exciting way to take the main event scene in NXT. We both loved Gargano Champa 1. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved the second round more. Mm-hmm. Were you, I, you, I was you agree? in agreement, yeah. And, and we were both like, after the first one, we were like, yeah, but, you know, let's hold off on the, the second match for a while. But the second match happened, and we are like, no, okay, I'm, I'm fine for them to have a third singles match. But now I love it when NXT, or like any wrestling promotion, say, you want this? Well, you're just going to have to wait for it a bit longer. In the meantime, here's an equally awesome thing. Yeah. So it's it's the, the zig when they want when you thought they were going to zag, but the zig is just as narratively satisfying. And now we can this will really help build another Champa Gargano match. Yeah. I mean, I see that and I think it makes sense for Champa to retain 
the, and, during the triple threat match. Yeah, but Gargano doesn't get pinned, and then Gargano and Champa can have that huge match to to pay it all it's off. It's a real shame for Alistair Black, though. I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been. Yeah, he he won the belt from Almas at um, the Takeover show in January, which was a shock. Um, no, it was no because Gargano oh, the Almas WrestleMania, was it was the WrestleMania one. Sorry, I do apologize. It was the WrestleMania uh, to the. New Orleans, New Orleans show. Yeah. So he won the title there. Then he's defended it in, against Lars Sullivan at Chicago in a match that people, wasn't very good. Lars Sullivan wasn't really the right guy for him to be facing first time round. Not good for NXT main event level. Yes, like pretty- it was so much better than a lot of the stuff WWE put out that weekend. Yes, but it was also a few that was kind of like put together in the last week or so. Yeah. Didn't really have a lot of heat going into it because they were putting so much focus on the, the Champa Gargano stuff. And then here he is, and this is kind of like his second title defense that he's had as champion, and he's lost it. And Champa put up a tweet like earlier this month that had a picture of Alistair Black with the NXT Championship, and he just put up the post like, Siri, show me transitional champion. And I was like, that's such a wonderful dig. And it could be proved correct, really, because Black has felt like a transitional champion to to Champa getting it. Ch- Champa, like went through a good period where he was actively making me dislike him on Twitter, like where he would give away Infinity War spoilers. <laughs> I was like, this is genuine heel heat. But he's gone back to, now nah, you're a really good heel, I like you for being such a good heel. That's such a good tweet. So the funny. other one he made about, hey, you'll finally get to main event a takeover now, Alistair Black, with uh, fighting me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Champ has been something. He really has. And it's, I think that's going to be an absolutely corking main event as well because there is a lot of story going into it. It's obviously with Champa and Gargano, but now Alistair Black pissed off that he wants to win his belt. He has his grievances with Champa, but he hates Gargano as well because Gargano cost him the title. And they've been doing some really good backstage stuff with Champa, uh, with Gargano and um, Black as well, which I've been playing over the last few weeks. So this feels like it's been a nice long build up to this match there's actually there's some other good stuff on the card as well Mustache Mountain are going to be going back for their NXT Tag Team Championships from the Undisputed Era yep can't wait for that their first match was amazing and, and their second match was on NXT TV where the Undisputed Era won back mm. their belt was exceptional it was so good it was a wonderful story that was being told Tyler Bate selling throughout that match and he wasn't even he was on the apron selling throughout oh it was wonderful um, you've also got Shayna Baszler against Kyrie Sane, a rematch from the May Young Classic Finals last year. Which Sane won. Which Sane won, exactly, yeah. for the NXT Women's Championship. Adam Cole is defending his. Hey. No- Bebe. Uh, is defending his North American Championship against Ricochet, which, I mean. Oh, <laughs> God. Ugh. I'm sure that won't be good at all. No, it'll be absolutely amazing. It's high spots. <laughs> no psychology. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, it's- um, and also on the card is going to be EC3 versus Velveteen Dream in Velveteen Dreams, you know, takeover, put you over match. Mm. That is a card where it's just like every single person on that show is going to try and steal it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be mass theft. It's going to be mass theft throughout. Oh, the other big thing from the tapings that came out, Cassius Ono won a match. Huh. Yeah. That's always nice to see. Uh, and um, I think other things happened. Tainara... Tainara... Tainara Conti, I think that's how you say it, or Tainara Conti, I think I said the same thing twice. She uh, qualified for the Mae Young Classic 2, um, and they've announced quite a few other names. Diana Perrazzo is going to be in there with Io Shirai, uh, and of course the returning, um, what's her chops? Caitlin. Yeah, well, Celeste, Celeste Bonin. Should we get on with some crap gimmicks? It's time for. Sorry, cr- I'm, I'm still thinking about Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> now, now go for it, now go for it. 
So, if you want to submit your crap gimmick suggestion, email me luke at wrestletalk.com. But bearing in mind, I do have a backlog of about 90 to 100 at the moment. So, we're working our way through them very, very slowly. This one comes in from Michael Noonan, who emails in to suggest the road workers mm. they're a tag team consisting of road worker dave and apprentice ben nice. road worker dave does a very little work in the duo leaving it all for his apprentice to do the road workers come down to the ring in high vis gear and hard hats the entrance music is jackhammers reversing lorry sounds <laughs> diesel engines and oh rollers. that's good their tag team finisher <laughs> is the double jackhammer which obviously works as a pun but i was trying to think of it in my head i don't know how that would work so what's a jackhammer again? Jackhammer is when you get him for oh, a suplex. Oh, Goldberg's, Goldberg's finish, finish, yeah. yeah. Well, they just both do a double suplex and then kind of... Because then you've yeah. both got to turn into the... You both turn and <laughs> land on top of them, yeah, sure. You'd all just land in a, like, a car crash pile. Uh, so it's the double jackhammer. The promos are all cut by Dave while he makes the apprentice stand there silent. And in their pre-taped promos, it's always from a van or on the work sites. <laughs> in promos, they say they will asphalt their opponents. I prefer kick their asphalt. And when opponents make a bad joke, they say that is terrible. It's in terrible. Mm. So, and that is from, amazingly, someone called Joe Business. Uh, you just said it was from Michael Noonan. Oh, no, Joe... Uh, yes, because Joe Business has got the next one. Do apologise. That's from Michael Noonan. Michael, love it. Uh, your puns need work. <coughs> Tarable is, is that, just that, straight up tarable. That is tarable. Uh, but I like everything else. I think there's so much scope for road workers in there. The two by four... Like, just wet stop signs underneath the ring. Absolutely. And then they can kind of, like, you know, maybe there's a bit where there's another match going on in the crap gimmick roster. And someone's coming out for their... We could have a whole episode, a whole Monday night crap based around this. And that where the road workers are doing work on the entrance ramp. So everyone has to go round them to get to the ring. I'm almost thinking as well, yeah, you know, putting up like the with the temporary traffic lights yeah. and things like that. I'm almost thinking as well, because this is a pun on the road warriors, yes. you do all of it like <laughs> so the high vis jackets have got spikes on oh, them. They then have to take off. This is good. This, this is, is good. good. And I think Dave, who is the, the guy in control right, when he's on the apron in a tag match, should just be having a cup of tea. Oh, a nice brew, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, really good. This is that's good, Michael. I like that. And we haven't got many tag teams, it feels. It'd be good to bolster the crap gimmick wrestling tag division. But I do want to present to you, Joe Business has got one that isn't too dissimilar. Joe Business sounds like a gimmick in itself. He signs off his emails with, there's no business like Joe Business. Oh, that's very is good. Is that genuinely what he did? Yeah. He should sign him a, <laughs> straight up. We're signing you, Joe Business, not your gimmick. But uh, Joe Business it's is... Like such a generic name. <laughs> Who was that guy with the briefcase? I don't know, Joe Business? <laughs> it's Joey Jojo Jr. Yeah. Shabadoo. <laughs> so Joe Business has suggested Big Gary Garage, who is a five foot eight absolute brickhouse, hailing from Essex, England, and wearing his iconic oil-stained overalls, bald head, and English flag tattoos. Wonder where he fell in the referendum. Gary travels everywhere on his ba- on the back of one of those slidey skateboard things the mechanics use to go under cars. He always keeps his trusty metal hand ba- handheld toolbox, and you'll see why in a minute. He is always asking people if they need things fixing, and he'll do them a good price. Regardless if they are a heel or a face, but beware if you reject his offer, he will at some point during the event attack you with his many weapons from the toolbox, clonk you over the head with a wrench, jab you with one of his allen keys, or simply cover you in slippery oil. 
If Yi ever is approached by a referee, he cleverly stashes his weapons away, and all the referee finds is just a sandwich for lunch that his <laughs> mum made him, which he takes out and devilishly eats. It's mainly just ham. It's mainly just cheese and pickle. During the match, he is always bad mouthing his opponents as if they are a faulty car, with lines such as "Hmm, this is going to need replacing" oh, as he uh, as he concentrates on working over the arm, or "This is going to cost you extra" as he baseball <laughs> slides the opponents on the outside. His huh? signature moves are essentially a. <laughs> You'll like this. His signature move is essentially a double nipple cripple that he calls Lefty Lucy Righty Tighty. Nice. Thanks, guys. Absolutely love the show. Shout out to my girlfriend Fee and her sister Steph, and that is from Joe Business. Hi, Fee and Steph. Hi, Fee and Steph. Um, I I really like that. You've that. It's a tough week though, because yeah, the I road workers. So there's a lot of good stuff in that. I really like the trash talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Big Gary Garage. That's just a great name. <laughs> Um, the BGG, uh, yeah, BGG, uh, and just the idea of him walking around in the like the mechanics with the big yep. wrench and stuff. Uh, I also like the idea of jabbing people with Allen keys. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was so petty, and that you're just like an annoying little. It's not gonna hurt. Just, ah, ah. Like when he's taking off the the to expose the turnbuckle, maybe yeah. he has to find the right Allen key. <laughs> you can never find the right one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like that. I like that, but I'm I'm sure as there's, I do like road workers more. I, I do. Well, you know, sometimes we can sign multiple people. No, it's, that's not happened. I know. But one I'm, a week. I'm trying to petition that we do, though, because some of these are very, very good. Also, you just don't like rules, do you? <laughs> that is the basis for everything. I also, um, I mean, I'm put, we put out the call before. We need more baby faces. We always get heel submissions in. Um, but and, and speaking of which, we got a, heel submissions. Yeah, we got another like uh, the like, ankle hook. Yeah, exactly. We've got another heel <laughs> submission right here. This one from Dan Summers, the mathematician, a sneering heel who wears a Ric Flair style robe to the ring, emblazoned with mathematical symbols instead of abstract designs. He works a slow, efficient, and some might say methodical style in the ring, making sure pin, making sure he pins his opponent often. He always counts along with the referee every chance he gets and often chastises the official after every two count with the cries of what comes after two his finishing move is the divide by zero which is a bow and arrow <laughs> log where he attempts to stretch his opponent into the shape of a zero he's also known for using brass knuckles in the shape of a protractor and the meter stick to beat his opponents down uh, his promos are laden with verbiage such as i'm so good i make dividing by zero possible the minute we step in the ring i've already counted you out and it doesn't matter how much huh. you think you're worth the bigger the number the smaller it's reciprocal and you'll be upside down tapping out before you know it hope you enjoy luke and ollie once i'm done uh once i'm done with this phd school in maths big surprise i and was have gonna some say money, yeah and have some money i'm gonna jump in on the patreon uh so that was from dan summers whoa a phd in maths as that, we say in if we just translate that into british english with the plural on the end maths, maths. Yeah, uh, man, PhD in maths. That's that's impressive. I he would, must know some great numbers. I sucked at maths as a as a kid. Do you know why divide by zero is funny? Because you cannot divide yeah, by zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, Apart I'm, from Chuck Norris, <laughs> I'm the I'm about the only one thing I can remember. Can't remember anything about trigonometry or anything like that. Sin, cos, and tan. No idea. You're remembering those things? Yeah, just buttons I, on a calculator. I don't know what they do though. Uh, my maths teacher back at school used to have a great way of re- just remembering. What the uh, you know how you work out the the length of a hypotenuse was on a triangle, a right angle triangle, <laughs> and he said you're taking the pith, <laughs> Pythagoras theorem, Lovely. the pith. <laughs> so yeah, my uh, uncle, um, his husband is uh, someone. He's 
connected via family to the man who was behind some of those mathematical equations. You've told me about that. That's fascinating. There's an area in uh, across the world that is named after their family. Because I just assumed everything was made by Greeks. <laughs> but uh, no, st- stuff like that that need calculators mm. to be dealt with. Is, yes. Yeah, more recent fare. Mm. Uh, so, sorry, we are getting away from your very well thought out proposal, Dan. I, again, really like it, but we just had Prof Wrestler come yes. through. yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like that's, that's quite similar. I mean, maybe there's a stable here of really academic-based mm. Yes, like wrestlers. Him, him and Prof Wrestler would be a dastardly heel tag team. Yeah, kind of like a right to censor. Oh, what you need now is an English <coughs> teacher, because then you've got all of your... Uh, you've got English, maths, and science, then. Mm. Yeah, and then if we... Like, if... For for school holidays, when crap gimmick wrestling run the holiday camps, like that would all oh, the kids don't like. You shouldn't be on your school holidays. You Where's your be homework? Maths. <laughs> and uh, handing out textbooks to the kids at the ringside. Initially, I thought the the two count thing would be annoying, but the more I think about it, I think you know the, the maths professor. What's he? Is he just called maths professor? The mathematician. The mathematician. So he, he needs a name as well. So the mathematician would be the. A yeah. nickname, but then he needs an actual stupid crap name, mm-hmm. which is a bad pun. So he'll pin one, two, kick out, but then the mathematicians should stand up and keep going three, four, five, but like angrily count at the crowd. And it makes me think that I have till five referee. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, all very good, strong week, but uh, wow, did not Joe Business, that's the only name, Michael, Michael Noonan, Noonan for me. I love road workers. Low road workers. I'm fully behind the road workers as well. It really made me chuckle when I read it and put it in here. It's good work. Good work. We're signing you. And if you want to send in a mailbag question, all you have to do is become one of our pledge hammers by pledging on Patreon at any dollar amount. And you can send in your questions via the awesome community that we've got over there. Just let me know it's a mailbag question and I'll add it in. This one comes in from Jared Conister who asks, Can you imagine the ramifications if Daniel Bryan convinced WWE to sign him to a non-exclusive huh. contract? Uh, I mean, well... If if we're taking that as a serious starting point, the ramifications would be huge because anyone above Daniel Bryan on the main roster right now would want the same thing, to work elsewhere and drive up their prices. It's a way to earn more money. I'm not saying everyone would jump at that. You've got company people through and through, like Rand- John Randy Cena. Randy Orton wouldn't. That would be extra work for Yeah, him. Randy Orton. Uh, but, you know, like your Matt Hardys, your Jeffs, uh, you, you, that would give... Scope for Rey Mysterio to come in yeah, and still do all these indie spots. Exactly. It could be one of those things. That, and also for WWE to try and int- attract other people in, saying, like, we're yeah. not signing you to an exclusive contract. It's like, uh, you know, we'll bring in Kenny Omega for a one-shot deal. I mean, I've always oh. thought that WWE would be better off if they did things like that. Just bringing people in for one shows. What, you know, when they did it with uh, Jushin Thunder Liger for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, the original Brooklyn, in fact, when he wrestled Tyler Breeze. What a great deal that was, because that was one of the things you're like, man, it's Jushin Thunder Liger in a WWE ring. Different is, time. Different, and a, and two, a different brand. Two years ago. No, I. but they've stopped it now as well. Uh, well, I guess you've got the Mae Young Classic. It's just that was around the same time as the first Cruiserweight Classic in 2016. It was, it was before that. It was well before that. Was it well before that? Yeah, it was okay, well, before that. It was like four years ago. Well, that was... Okay, well, that was like the start of a mindset. And then that mindset, I think, was was killed off by Zack Sabre Jr. Jr. and Kota Ibushi not signing with WWE when they were originally meant to win the whole Cruiserweight Classic. The final was meant to be Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. and it ended up being TJP versus... Yeah. I can't remember who it was now. 
And it's like, because Sabre Jr. and Ibushi were just like, yeah, like, this was fun, but we can have a lot more fun I'm, and freedom in Japan. I'm off to New Japan. I want to just go tap out and stretch out everyone that's over yeah. there, if you don't mind. And that's worked out pretty damn well for them. It would be a fascinating thing. I can never see WWE doing it, though. Mm. But the, the, there is a business argument to be made. Uh, but just, like, continuity-wise... WWE would have to acknowledge the existence of other wrestling companies. And I know they do. They'll say, like, so-and-so have won IWGP Tag Team Championships in Japan. Like, this, these wrestling companies that they refer to, whenever, like, definitive things are just, like, in Japan or over there. Europe. Yeah. yeah. So, I, and I think WWE prefer it in their universe to pretend like they're the only wrestling. Uh, I disagree with that, but I can see the argument for wanting to... Want for them wanting to do it absolutely yeah and it's one of those things as well it'll be always that I wonder what will happen when Triple H takes over whether he'll introduce a different mindset with his team because it won't be the same holdover like you know I doubt Michael Hayes will still be there I doubt Kevin Dunn will still be there when Triple H takes over you know because he's already building up his crew and so he's going to use them instead and whether they're going to introduce a new mindset but it's remains to be seen. I was yeah. I found it really funny actually. That my, my favorite news story of the week. I know we didn't cover it. Was that um, after Extreme Rules. And it was everyone thought it was a bad show. All the comments were just like, Vince McMahon just needs to go. Vince McMahon is such a problem. Can't wait to Vince retire. Can't wait for Triple H to take over. It's going to be a such much better show. And then it turns out that McMahon wasn't there, and it was a Triple H show. And everyone was like, Oh, okay, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But then everyone just made the jokes of like, Well, that's why Roman Reigns lost then. Yeah. Or oh, but it was probably Road Dog. <laughs> Yeah, Road Dog's so bad. SmackDown's awesome at the moment. Cameron Sykes asks, if you could buy any wrestling t-shirt from the past, what would it be and why? Hmm. I already know which one I'm going to pick. You go first, then. The APA's always pounding ass t-shirt. <laughs> I was going to go a similar crappy wrestling t-shirt route, yeah. Because that the APA bar and grill always pounding ass is such a, you know, not thought out t-shirt. And they printed yeah. it as soon as someone went, Oh yeah, no, that doesn't really work, does it? Especially when it's JBO. I'm not gay. I don't like men. That you know, you take it away and be like, no, let's not sell that anymore. No, I think they did know. There's a lot of attitude era shirts that are so explicitly sexual. But on purpose, though. Like, I think when, that like was on when, purpose. Like when Val Venus had his T-shirt that was written in cum. Like mm. that was very much purposefully done. Ejaculate. Yes. Uh, I I'm just, I haven't really got an answer to this. <laughs> uh, I three sixteen. <laughs> How generic's that? I haven't got one. Actually, I do. What I remember, I did like the uh, the DX like hockey jersey one that they oh, had. That I was never really, had uh, that. Yeah, I really like that. I were like suck it in '69 yeah. or whatever it was. Oh, like, that one. I so I saw that on a trip to my nan's as a kid once in a joke shop, and you didn't see wrestling merchandise just around. I like it's in, in a those joke days. Shop. Yeah, it was in a joke shop in Margate, and I was like, <gasps> how much is that? Forty. Oh, but which is a lot of money because this has been like 98, 99. Yeah, well, I guess it's imported merch. That's like 250 quid now. Something like that. And uh, I was just like, I need it, I need it, I need it. And my mum and dad were like, no, you know, it's too big for you. It's not the right size anyway. (laughs) And I was like, I want it, I'll grow into it. And they didn't. Oh, man. Do you think would have grown into it? Yeah, well, eventually. (laughs) I'm an adult now. Um, But uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, well, it would have been that one. You've unlocked... Uh, a world of like I didn't get the birthday present I wanted yeah 
Christmas present was incorrect. You are welcome. Uh, And our final mailbag question comes in from Mason, who has written, As a big fan of the fashion police, I was disappointed to hear of Fandango's injury. I got to thinking that since nothing will get done with Tyler as a single star, maybe it's a good idea for him to team up with someone else. I think some funny little skits of Tyler Breeze being enamored with how glorious Bobby Roode is and them (laughs) eventually teaming would be really entertaining. It would allow Tyler to uh, be taken a little more seriously and for Bobby to show a little more character. Then when Fandango returns, they could be a three-man team. In my opinion, that could be quite charming and funny. Thoughts on a three-man team of Rude, Breeze, and Fandango? No. <laughs> uh, I, I liked it all. I, I think it's quite cute to team up Bobby and Tyler. Uh, but only as like a, a few... There's so much more potential in Rude. And I'm hoping with this you know heel turn that we speculate is going to happen, he'll be elevated to an upper mid-card main event level. Yeah, I, uh, I But that, that is a hell of a long shot. Absolutely, you know, and I've said with Tyler Breeze, like, I'd really I'd really like the Fashion Police, and I think the Fashion Police is a really fun gimmick. But if Fandango is going to be out for quite some time, I'd love to see Tyler go back to his Prince Pretty gimmick. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, doing that on 205 Live would probably be his best shot. I think he'd get some really good stuff. Because I'm, I'm missing Tyler Breeze as a wrestler. Because he's such a good worker, and I'd really like to see him do some more stuff. But we all know he'll be moved to SmackDown and it'll be Tyler and Ty. Is that what it's going to be? Well, I'm sure Vince will go, Who, whose name's like that? Yeah. Ty Dillinger. Also, I mean, they, got, they need him on Raw so we can job out to Mojo Rawley. Oh, yeah. Maybe they'll make a team. I don't know what you'd do with Ty. Uh, sorry, sorry, Tyler. Send him back to NXT, to be honest. Or to a fight life. That would be the worst thing for him. I've got a, uh, a Rusev Hay for Rusev you. Rusev Hay! And I like this one because this is called Rusev Hay, I Almost Killed Mean Gene Oakland. <laughs> That's a Friends episode, isn't it? The one <laughs> the one where they nearly killed Mean Gene Oakland. <laughs> they never did like a wrestling-based episode of Friends, did they? There were never like any wrestling crossovers into there. You know like how The Rock and The Hardys and Ken Shamrock are in that episode of That 70s Show? They never did one with Friends. Yeah, it seems to be like... You know, season seven of a show in America. That's usually when they run out of ideas and do a wrestling crossover. You say that, but that was in season one of that 70s show where, really? where The Rock was there. Yeah. But they're all big wrestling fans, weren't they? So they probably fast track that. But also, always like, sunny in like, Philadelphia. It was like 1999 when wrestling was popular. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what did uh, Sunny always do one? Well, um, Mac. I can't remember his name now. Oh, I could. Once upon a time, I used to be able to tell you all of them. Glenn Howerton? No, he's, he's the other one. Uh,. Mac, well, the actor who plays Mac's a huge wrestling fan in real life, and he's always got like wrestling posters in the background. Mm. But they got Roddy Piper in. Oh, cool! Yeah, and he yeah. was a uh, what was he, the maniac or something? It was just a really depressing character because he was actually a maniac and insane. <laughs> but yeah, they had a whole uh, wrestle for the troops episode, which is horribly nice. offensive. Yeah, very nice. So this email comes in from Jaron Walker. Hey guys, I've been really liking this trend of people writing about their experiences with wrestlers, so I thought I'd write my own, specifically the time I was almost responsible for seriously injuring Mean Gene Oakland. <laughs> I volunteer at House of Glory Wrestling, the same place that announced Enzo Amore's yes, return yes. to the wrestling world, as an assistant to the sound guy. The last event we had, numerous WWE legends arrived to sign autographs, including Jeff Jarrett, Demolition, Tyson Kidd. Demolition! I know, Tyson Kidd, in brackets, who's kind of a P-word in real life, oh. and of course, Mean Gene Oakland. I'm not sure if you guys have been backstage at a wrestling show during pre-production, but if not, let me tell you, it's super hectic. Mm-hmm. People are usually cracking jokes and making sarcastic remarks. I've ver- I've 
are very serious now, and everyone is very tense getting ready for the show to begin. I was busy carrying things around the arena, and at times couldn't see directly in front of me. I was asked to carry a table to the front of the arena for the commentators to sit at, and due to the fact that the table was pretty big, that's what she said, I couldn't see anything to the right side of me. As I was walking in, I suddenly felt a bump on my right shoulder with a loud... Damn it! Being yelled right afterwards. I looked to see what had happened, and it turns out I'd bumped right into the shoulder of Mean Gene. If you guys have seen footage of Mean Gene lately, you guys will be able to tell that he looks extremely old and pale nowadays. When I bumped him, I heard numerous people gasp. I was so embarrassed. Oh, no. I put the table down and apologized for my ignorance, but the man just ignored me and kept walking. Needless to say, I sat at the back of the arena quietly for the rest of the show, hoping no indie wrestlers would come up and break me in half. Oh, that's horrible when, like, oh, because it, it's not your fault. It was just a thing that happened, but it just, yeah, you feel awful about that for the whole day. You feel so guilty. Absolutely. That's pure shame. You nearly put him through a table. <laughs> you had a table. It's a massive weapon. Now, and here's, if you want to write us an email line that's going to pique my interest, mm. Rusev Hay, dash, 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 Vince McMahon. Holy moly! Hi, Luke and Ollie. This is from Daniel Belinga. Hi, Luke and Ollie. I want to tell you about my encounter with the chairman of the board, Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon himself. I was heading to get a coffee in Canary Wharf when I noticed a group of people in wrestling t-shirts standing outside a hotel. I wondered what they were doing and asked someone who informed me that they had seen a few of the WWE execs coming out of the hotel and were waiting for other people. I decided to wait around from the direction of the Starbucks came Renee Young, who was lovely and stopped to pose for photos and awkwardly sign autographs while trying to hold her dress down. A few minutes later Byron Saxton came out. Oh now we're talking stars. And again he was happy to oblige for pictures and autographs before heading out to the large bus in front of the hotel. All of a sudden a stretched limousine pulled up outside the side entrance of the hotel and lo and behold who emerges? Vince McMahon. What was Vince's driver's name in... uh... Oh my word. Like Bill or something in Big Apple Takedown. In Big Apple Takedown, yeah. I'm just flicking. Well, only here. because he's written here the driver, and I just want to give him a name. It's not Thompson. No, uh, Thompson is the. Uh, he's the agent. The agent. That's Tony. Right. Tony. So Tony takes uh, takes his bags and puts them in the boot, and he opens the car door for Vince, who proceeds to close the door and inform the driver that there are people waiting for autographs and pictures. He was more than happy to stick around for a few minutes and sign every autograph and pose for every picture which he was asked before departing in his limo. That was my meeting with Vince McMahon. That's from oh, Dan. a positive one. I know, right? That's I mean, quite... like, no one's completely evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've, there's, like, they're probably only... 30% evil mm. and that's a uh, you know big family man so uh, we have got uh, a poetry corner oh, could, could I could I interrupt with a uh, one I, I saw last night of uh, I saw I've been watching Jim Jeffrey's latest Netflix stand-up special and there's a very funny bit when he is uh, well he's effectively making fun of deaf people but he he's going through the sign language for things mm-hmm. and he does the sign language for the C-bomb. Right. Yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, biggest yeah, yeah. swear is, words. One of the biggest, yeah. And it's effectively a DX crotch chop. <laughs> that's insane, right? I'll do it to you. Oh, that is like a DX crotch yeah. chop. Yeah. That's like a proper Triple H. It's not like a Sean Waltman. No, no. DX so you one. don't X the hands. Yeah. What you're doing is, so you've got like, imagine a DDP diamond cutter above your head. Absolutely, You yeah. want to flip that down and you create that downwards point in triangle that's just a normal vagine. Mm. But to bring your hands up and out 
and then to snap it down into that shape and bring them back up. Yeah, that's, that's very much like a triple H bomb, isn't it? Just. I wonder if he knew. Oh, maybe oh. he did. Yeah. I'm just like I just thought I'd do that as a public service announcement. Don't go DX in random people because they might know sign language. Have I ever told you a very embarrassing story from my uh, teenage years when... Uh, well, you have, but you've got to narrow it down. got to narrow it down, I suppose. When I was at Scouts, and I didn't really have a lot of friends, and there were some girls there who were sort of, like, helping out because they knew some of the bigger boys at Scouts. I was, like, first... It was, like, my first year of Scouts. So when you're in Scouts, that's when you're, like, about sort of like 14, 15, and then you've got the older boys who go up to, I don't know, like 35 or whatever, because like, they just can't let go and just keep going back there. I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. They're like in their late teens, early 20s. Um, even then, that might be a stretch. But they felt like they were older. And they were like, our like, leader wasn't there for a week, so it was kind of like... Our Kayla? No, because that's, that's, um, that that's Cubs. Oh, okay. And um, so like some of the bigger boys were there, and some girls had come in that they were friends with, and they were sort of, and I was like, I didn't have any friends, so I was kind of like just walking around on my own, aimlessly. And they said something to me that was sort of making fun of me, and um, in my, I, I was trying to sort of like be funny back to them, but failing quite badly because you know I'm a 14 year old idiot who's you know quite embarrassed because you know a girl's talking to you, and then I did the DX suck it as like my reply to something oh. that they did, and they were like, what is that? And in my mind, I was like, well, everyone knows what this is, right? Because yeah. everyone's watching wrestling. They didn't. Uh, I felt very silly. I think about that quite a lot. Oh, mate. Yeah. It was a long time ago. I Different know, person. It was nearly 20 years ago, and I still think about that. Anyway, we've got a, a Poetry Corner uh, submission here from Nikki the Posty. Uh, that's N-I-K-K-I uh, from Stafford, UK. Here's my Poetry Corner. You're very welcome. Now, this is quite an interesting one because... It is a poem, but it's in a paragraph. Prose poetry. Is that what prose poetry is? Yeah, effectively. Does it rhyme? Well, I don't know. I mean, because you know, it's kind of very lyrical and not in, not split over a a meter or something. Just check the first two lines do rhyme. Well, the first two sentences rhyme, so maybe Maybe the formatting was lost. Maybe I have. So it's a a poem called Canvas. Mm. I have no body or soul, but I definitely have heart. I'm ready for the bell for the dance to start. I am the dance floor, the backdrop, the canvas for the art. I lie happily, I happily lie under the boots of great men and women. In blood, sweat and tears, I feel I'm consistently swimming. After the rush of the ramp, I feel the bring of the calm. I love stamp, I love being stamped on and hit by the referee's palm. Striking me, counting me from one through to three. I love the sounds of crowd jumping with glee. None of the magic could happen without little old me. I give the opportunity for superstars to shine. I am jumped on, slammed on, and I love it more every time. Over the years, I have shared the stage with the greats. Nights I'll never forget and always remember the dates. October 17th, 99, when four lads kicked in the door. March 30th, 08, not a dry eye in sight, and rightfully so. 2014, on April 6th, the prince became king. On June 23rd, 96, a legend was born A legend was born and grabbed the brass ring. When Hogan slammed Andre, when Vince screwed Brett, so many memories I'll never forget. Not always great matches, but not one I regret. This is my story, my life and my love. Wrestling, the art form, I can't place nothing above. So when you're all gone and forgotten about, myself and the art form will live on, no doubt. 
Hope you enjoyed it. On a related note, after watching yours and Laurie's prediction videos, why don't you start a predictions league? Yourself, Luke, Laurie, Brian Zane, anyone else of the WrestleTalk team could always get Cultaholic and whoever else is involved. Seems like an organized fun way to do predictions, add stakes and cross parade. You're again and again, you're very welcome. Cheers, Nikki the Postie from Stakeford. Sent from her um, Sony Xperia smartphone. Nice. That was a good poem. I liked it. Yeah, it was. I guess, uh, I mean, it's not always the same mat. <laughs> so, falls down from a believability perspective. But I like the concept of the mat. It was kind of like, especially at the start for the first half, I was like, man, the, this mat, because it was told in the first person, bit of a bit of a masochist mm, like, i love being hit by the referee stamped on, Ooh, yeah. stamped on. shred on me crowd dom <laughs> me <laughs> uh right just before we get on out of here i've got this short one here from owen morgan hi luke Brackets and Ollie this time. Thank you. I'm glad you both enjoyed my last poem. I didn't have it in me to write another unconventionally structured long form poem and partially about a partially undressed men, so I've opted to send you two brief poems in the classic tro- tried and true form of limericks. Love a limerick. So he sent us two. The first one There once was a monster called Brawn, who was about seven foot when he was born. He won a title Greek. <clears throat> He won a green title and held it for a night till with a puff and a poof it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest, his second one is better. Okay, well, let's, let's do that one. I entered the arena with pride and yelled out my gimmick worldwide. Then I ran to the ring, tripped on nothing, and now I'll be known for a slide. Oh, that's perfect. That's so much better. Great syllable count. Great flow. Yep. Tells everything without explicitly saying what it is. Hope these guys give you a. Sm- I hope these give you a smile. I could have written out more, but it seems cruel to send hundreds at once. Maybe I'll save them from my inevitable heel turn. I don't know what heel turn really means. Just drip feed them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that is all we have got time for on this Saturday episode. Hope you will have a smashing weekend if you are listening to this on a Saturday. If not, hope you have a good week when you're listening to it on your Monday commute. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday for the Raw review. We're going to find out who's going to be Brock Lesnar's new contender for the Universal Championship at SummerSlam. But it's Roman Reigns. <laughs> or it's Bobby Lashley and Hulk Hogan will, will endorse him at SummerSlam. Laurie's committed that it's going to be Bobby. He's very committed that it's all And he bombs. won the predictions, so I don't know. I'm I'm taking Laurie's nonsense with a bit more uh, believability now. Absolutely. But enjoy your weekend or enjoy your week. We love you very much. Goodbye. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.